0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is Making the Cut with your favorite, Mark Atrer. Thank you again for your listens. And as always, you can go find my link on Facebook. It's always going to be there. I'm always going to post it. You can comment and share and uh, like there, follow me as well. But also, you can go and follow me on the Anchor app, also anchor.fm, and also on Spotify. On Spotify, it's going to let you know that you can, uh, you can click and follow me there, and it'll alert you for my next episode, my next podcast. Don't forget, I did make a, a, another podcast during the middle of the week. I know I'm doing my weekly one, but I did another one. This was going back, talking about the possible expansion in the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas trying to come over. Uh, so if you're interested in that, go listen to it. Thank you again for the follows. Uh, and I want to go ahead and do the shout-out early. Before the end of the podcast, don't forget to go check out my buddy, Tommy Kryzan, on uh, Talking Sports with, with TK. He's got a bunch of stuff that you you can listen to and follow. He's a great guy and he knows his stuff. And if you have a podcast and you want me to shout you out in mine, let me know. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to shout mine out. I appreciate it if you do. Uh, but as well, uh, any, of you, any of you who are listening for the first time, go and like and follow me. Uh, and share me with anybody that you know that sports fans, especially football. So kicking off this week for we're going to continue our series on the draft recap and that, analyzing each team's draft, who they drafted, uh, gives you an opportunity to remember who is there if you forgot who your team drafted. The draft was a few months ago. The season's still a little ways away. We're getting closer and closer to football. You can almost smell an air once you get past all the rain. Once you get past the excruciating heat as well, it's almost here. You could feel it. Like fall time is almost here. You can almost smell the gumbo cooking. I'm so excited. I'm so ready for football. Many people are getting ready to start their fantasy football drafts as well. It's a good opportunity to refresh yourself and see who your team drafted. See what other teams have drafted so you can know who you're going to draft. Uh, you know, it, you have an opportunity to pick the same old people that you get every time. But you also want to know who's going to be coming up that can be a surprise for you. Uh, so knowing these guys is going to help you out. And of course, I'm not just going to hit on the, the skills positions uh, and the receivers, running backs and quarterbacks, but I'm going to hit everything that these teams are drafted. And as always, I, I hit you up on another or a little bit extra sports stuff going on in the world. Two things about football right now. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest stories in football right now, at this moment in this past week, outside of uh, Texas and Oklahoma was that this uh, the thing with uh, the vaccine and uh, people not taking it. The NFL is taking a bigger stance. Of course, college football already had it to where you had to have 80% uh, of your team and your organization vaccinated uh, to be able to play. Uh, they're not going to reschedule games and and whatnot. And the SEC actually jumped it up to 85%. So you have that, and then the NFL did the same thing, but the NFL started pushing a little bit harder and telling certain individuals that they have to or they can't coach, they can't play and whatnot, or pressuring them into it. I mean, even DeAndre Hopkins was like, hey, I'm contemplating retirement. A couple of coaches, not head coaches, but a couple of coaches on coaching staffs lost their job regardless if they retired or the organization let go of them. Uh, It's kind of mind boggling to me. If you're getting the vaccine, I have no problem with you getting the vaccine. Uh, if you're not getting the vaccine, I have no problem with you not getting a vaccine. Uh, this is my thing here. This is kind to, uh, kind of like pushing it here and you're kind of taking away the person's rights to be able to take it. Now, look, those who are taking the shot, I'm not trying to be political here with you, but look at the, the Olympics, the golfer, the number one golfer in the world has taken the shots, taken the vaccines, and yet he's caught, caught the, the, uh, the virus multiple times and now he's caught it again and he can't play in the Olympics. It's kind of saying something there. So and I understand that you don't want to spread it, but you know the shot doesn't prevent you from spreading it. It says it every time you go to anyway. But this thing here kind of gets on my nerves, irks me a little bit because somehow, some way, we got away from that my body, my my choice type thing. So I, I guess that only fits when it's your own personal narrative. I don't know, but you know, one life. Counts and etc., uh, but hopefully uh, enough people make enough noise to where they can make this where it's not forcing people to have to do it. It doesn't doesn't mess up football as well. Uh, that you can go back to taking politics and agendas out of football. That would be huge. Uh, the other story out that I wanted to talk about is Michael Thomas uh, can't guard Mike. Uh, now, if you listen to or watched our draft extravaganza on Facebook Live you got to hear my thoughts on Michael Thomas. And I love the guy, a great player and whatnot, but I've lost a good deal of respect for him. The biggest thing this week, which was reported, is that, of course, that hampered ankle that he had all last season uh, popped back up and he needed to do surgery. But he didn't get surgery until June, which is extremely late because it's going to cause him to miss quite a few games early in the season. So when you go back and... You know, I, I said this on the draft extravaganza as well. Uh, something happened to Michael Thomas. Uh, now, he got the big contract, and then he did even better, played even better, played at a higher caliber the year after he got his contract. But since then, which last year was the, was the year after that, uh, things changed with Michael Thomas. And, uh, he, look, he started turning on people in the organization, talking trash about Drew Brees, uh, downing him as a man a couple times publicly on his Twitter, on his Instagram, also uh, dogging him about his arm. Uh, the bad thing about that is, man, uh, I love Michael Thomas as a player and, and probably as a person as well. Like I said, I'm losing a little bit of respect for him right now. Uh, or have, and of course, you know, my voice doesn't matter with that. It's just my own personal opinion. But on this part, this is true. Michael Thomas would not be can't guard Mike if it wouldn't be for Drew Brees. Drew Brees created him. He made him who he is because if if you just have anybody, to, just ask the Rams. If you had Jared, if you had Jared Goff throwing you the ball, if you had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing you the ball, you would have not had the numbers, nor the contract, nor the fame that you have. So it boggles my mind that it's been this total switch in him, and it, and it seemed to hamper him all season last season. So I mean, even when he was quote unquote injured, it seemed like some of the time. Either he came back too soon or he just didn't want to play. Uh, And then that part about seeming that possibly he doesn't want to play kind of goes off into this area here where why did you wait so long to get your surgery that you knew that you needed prior to? Now you're going to miss more games this season. Now you're getting a contract because a lot of it was fully guaranteed uh, to where you're, you're getting paid and you're not doing anything. Now, I've had discussions with other people and talked about it on on message boards and Facebook uh, before and even recently. uh, I would like to trade him, uh, and the reason why I would like to trade him is because, listen, he's, in in a sense, Jimmy Graham 2.0. He got that big contract. Yes, he had a great year after he got the contract, but since then, I know injuries and whatnot, but he's a changed player, almost like Junior Gallette did. And uh, I don't know what's going on in his psyche, but... Uh, that contract in itself and paying somebody who's not on the field is kind of rough when you're already cal- uh, salary cap strapped. Uh, and so if you were to trade him, unfortunately there's not a, many, a lot of suitors out there because of his contract. And, and I was talking about it today with somebody else. The only team that I could see that you could trade him to would be Detroit because they are short, so shorthanded on receivers. Uh, I mean, you're not really going to get a whole lot back. You might get, can get some draft capital. capital and you might can get maybe one of those corners uh, that they have, one of the young corners. But uh, other than that, I don't exactly know where you could trade him to that you're going to get anything back. Maybe New England, but I think after all that they've they spent uh, in free agency this year, they may not have the room to do it as well. So I, I don't I don't see any suitors outside of maybe those two teams that could really pick up that contract if you are to trade him. You may just be stuck with an Eric Gordon with the Hornets and Pelican situation where you're you're paying a guy who's just not playing. And unfortunately, that could be the case. So, that's enough. All of that. I still love Kan't Guard Mike. I still wish he could be the great player, and I, I hope everything turns around, and I hope his mind gets right. And maybe I'm off base, but it just when it, the way that it plays out, it looks that way. Anyway, jump it off into our draft recap. The two teams that I'm talking about today are going to be the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans. Uh, Green Bay Packers, you know, there's a there in the news every single day, almost all day every single day because of the Aaron Rodgers drama it seems an awful lot like the Brett Favre drama when he was leaving Green Bay his last year there he retired unretired but this is not a retirement situation I don't even want to recap on all of that you know that it's either going to be him or Jordan Love going to be the quarterback there for him this year so uh, let's jump off into the draft and in the first round they got a guy in Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. This was actually a little bit of a reach, not only in my mind, but in a lot of people uh, that had Eric Stokes there. Uh, most of them had him on their draft boards in the second and third round. Uh, now, I think he can go in, especially on that defense, with how great they are. And you have Jaree Alexander on the opposite side, uh, who is going to, who is actually a top three corner in the league as of last year. Uh, I think... He could do great things there. He, he's not going in there to be the number one guy. He, he may even be the nickel guy. Who knows? But uh, this was a little bit of a reach, uh, but it, it still could be a great fit for them. So moving on to the second round. Second round, they got another guy to protect whoever the quarterback is, and Josh Myers uh, the center out of Ohio State. Anybody to protect whoever you got there, at quarterback, protect your franchise. If it is Aaron Rodgers or if it's Jordan Love, protect him to be able to make some decisions as a young guy who hasn't had a, any experience in, in the pro level yet. Moving on to the third round, they finally did get another uh, receiving threat. Now, they do have good receiving threats. I don't know why they say that. They have last year who was the uh, the best receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. But you're adding this guy, Mari Rodgers, the receiver from Clemson, this is a guy that highly touted coming out of Clemson. Uh, big time statistic guy. Has an opportunity to go there uh, and be take a lot of the onus off of Devontae Adams uh, and the other guys there and be a, another true weapon. He could be a guy that's going to be picked up on people's uh, uh, fantasy draft boards. Uh, later on as a receiver three or four possibly in in, in your flex position. So be, keep a good look out on him. I think he especially if Rodgers is there, he's got a, a good possibility to be a great receiver for them. Moving on to the fourth round, they got Royce Newman, another guard uh, from Old Miss, another guy to hold up that offensive line, keep your quarterback upright, and uh, keep those running backs holes there for them to run through. In the fifth round, they had two picks. The fifth first one in the fifth round, they had to Darrell Slayton, defensive tackle from Florida. Uh, this is a guy to add depth there to their defensive line. He has an opportunity to take a... a, a starting position from somebody, but it's going to be tough. He's going to have to battle that. Like I said, they have a great defense there. Uh, that's part of the reason why they've had the record of 13-3 the last two years, uh, outside of the quarterback play, of course. Uh, but the second pick in the second round is Shamar Jean Charles, cornerback from Appalachian State. Yes, Appalachian State's got a guy uh, drafted. This guy, you, get to, you don't get to see a whole lot of film on him, but they're getting more now that they're not in the FCS, they're in the FBS, to where you can watch and see what they are. You know, still some people think that Appalachian State is still in the FCS because they go back to when they beat Michigan some odd years ago. Uh, but they've been wreaking havoc over here in the FBS, and and, and uh, they're a tough team, and they always have good talent there. They have guys there that can go and play. And this guy, Shamar Jean Charles, is a guy that can ball out. Uh, so at worst, he's going to be a special teams ace, but he's going to be a player in this league uh, for years to come, I do believe. In the sixth round, they had two picks. The first one was another offensive lineman, a tackle from Wisconsin, Cole Van Leeen, and also Isaiah McDuffel, the inside linebacker from Boston College. Now He's going to be a special teams ace. Uh, there would have to be some injuries or some contract disputes or anything like that for him to get on the field and start. Could at best be uh, the next this year or the next two years be a rotational guy, but he's most likely going to be a special teams ace. And in the seventh round, this was a surprise for me because you still have uh, Jones and you have Williams and I think you have somebody else. Oh, and you, you, the guy that they drafted last year. Good grief, I can't think of his name. But they drafted another running back in Kylan Hill, running back from Mississippi State, uh, who actually, before he uh, decided to set out, and, and which I didn't blame him because Mike Leach's offense wasn't set up to make him excel uh, the way that he plays, was the best running back in the SEC. Uh, and I think he has an opportunity to. He may not make this team. He may end up getting cut because of attrition and having the crowded backfield there uh, to be picked up by somebody else off the practice squad. But this is a guy that uh, he can ball, man. And he, he could not only run between the tackles, uh, not only make some moves, take a couple hits, but, man, he is a receiving threat as well. He is a beast, and I'm hoping he can do big in the league. So I'm gonna move on to the next team, which is the Houston Texans. If you're a Houston Texans fan, listen, man. It's been it, it's been some rough years with O'Brien. It's been rough with uh, the whole De- Deshaun Watson situation as well. Uh, understandably, so that is a cloud, a dark cloud, just ling- lingering over you. Uh, but bef- but before even that, like I said, with O'Brien, that whole situation, man, it was just. It seemed like it was doomed to be. When you have a guy who's the coach and the general manager. Nine times out of ten, it doesn't work. Uh, And and it absolutely didn't work for Houston. Uh, And and if you're a Houston fan, you've probably grown to dislike the draft because your team never drafts uh, anymore because he traded away all the draft picks all the time. And and just like this year, you only have a few uh, draft picks, Uh, none until the third round. Which that's been a common thing, you know. Sometimes they'll have a second round, if lucky. But uh, it seems like that O'Brien didn't really value draft picks uh, and just wanted free agents and and trading trading all your assets away to be able to get a couple guys and then trading those guy other playmakers away and trading other stars for your team away because for whatever reason. But whatever, uh, Houston, just hang tight. You got new coaching staff in there. You still gotta make it through the whole Deshaun Watson debacle, whatever that is, and just just keep a watch out. Keep your love for your team. As a Saints fan, uh, going through all the years of them not being any good, trust me, it's going to be worth it when they're good again. But let's go through their draft picks. They had two third-round draft picks. The first one was Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford. It looked like, uh, of course, with Deshaun Watson uh, requesting a trade, saying he wasn't going to play for them, didn't want to play for them, and then with all this looming legal nonsense, and I don't say nonsense, uh, uh, like it's disregarded. I just mean it's there and it's a big mess, uh, with all the legal junk that's there, uh, they were ready to go ahead and bring in another guy. And Davis Mills was a, a guy that a lot of people were high on in the, in the, in their, uh, mob drafts. Uh, he was a guy that they, they were just tickled to death. Even Mel Kiper, uh, and, uh, Mayock and oh, no, no, I'm sorry, not Mayock. Mayock's the, not there anymore. But other guys were just excited about this guy and said he could be the third best quarterback in the draft. Very possibly could be, uh, and he may be able to be one of those guys that are going to be uh, learn how to do it under fire because uh, he may be starting. He may have to take over the reins without without any choice. So, but they picked their guy. Uh, he's possibly a guy that's going to be there uh, immediately. So just keep a lookout for it. Uh, If you're fantasy football, you probably don't want to draft any Houston quarterback this year uh, because you don't know what's going to be there. Their next pick in the third round was Nico Collins, a receiver from Michigan. Uh, One of those guys that was a bright spot on a disappointing Michigan team. The guy can play. Uh, He's a really good receiver, and I think he has an opportunity to go there depending on the quarterback situation, but he has an opportunity to go there and be a star in the league. Uh, catching him in the third round is a good pick. Uh, he, he wasn't really scheduled to go higher than that. was really mocked to go higher than that, but he's a good receiver, and I think he's going to be a productive receiver. Uh, I think he's going to be a receiver too at best, but I think he's going to be a guy that uh, on your fantasy teams in the next few years is going to be a guy that you can count on to get you a few points here and there. Don't look past him. Then moving on to the fifth round again like i said they didn't have very many picks they had five total in the fifth round they went and got him a tight end from from miami uh brevin jordan this was a guy that a lot of people talked about as being the second best tight end in the league uh in in the draft and this is a guy that can play and i'm excited to see if he could do anything in the league as well he has an opportunity to be a guy that's that that can really take the league by storm as well he has the athletic attributes the ability to be able to do it if he can stay healthy And if he can have good quarterback play to keep him going, also in the fifth round they got an inside linebacker from TCU, Garrett Wallow. This guy can play. Uh, You you know, Houston really needs anything that they can get, and this is a guy that can come in and help their defense. Even if he ends up just being a rotational player, he's going to help their defense a lot. And to round off their uh, their draft in the sixth round, they finally got somebody to take. j.j watt's position there i guess you would say and roy lopez defensive tackle from arizona now i don't think he's going to be anywhere near j.j watt but uh you have to fill that position because it's void there uh and so you you needed somebody there and then you know i always hit the undrafted free agents the notable ones that were picked up by teams Uh, i looked over both of these teams and their their undrafted free agents Man, there just was no notable guys. That, that doesn't discredit these guys or, or, or say that they can't become uh, contributors, starters. Uh, you know, the next Priest Holmes, the next Pierre Thomas, I said that on the last one. Uh, but I, it, they just didn't have any of those names. They, they weren't guys that were uh, mocked to go in any drafts in any of the seven rounds. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise that any of these guys were guys that were going as undrafted free agents. So uh, thank you again for listening to me this week. Uh, I'll be back next week to continue that. And if we got some good popping news, like we did with Ohio, uh, with, uh, Oklahoma and Texas, I'll keep you posted. I might throw another one out in the middle of the week again. Uh, and as always, my links are going to be on Facebook. You can comment there. You can like it there. You can share me there. Uh, and then you can always go follow me on the anchor app. You can follow me on anchor.fm. And on Spotify. And remember, Spotify is going to let you know when my next episode goes so you don't have to go and remember, oh, I forgot to listen to Mark uh, and making a cut. So, and again, see you next week. This is Mark Atrea with Making a Cut.